people didn't realize that maybe they needed to be part of something bigger. Right. And, uh, but it's real. And we, when you come to the bowling center and you're a member of a league, you're a member. You're actually part of something. Thank you so much for coming on today, Tony. I'm looking forward to this conversation. For the people who haven't met you yet, tell us a little bit about yourself, the center, the nonprofit, some of the stuff you got going on. So I'm a 22-year Air Force veteran. Came from this small town and joined the military and ultimately ended up coming back home. I always used to say I traveled all over the world, but I never found any place I liked better than where I came from. So oh, I went back. But I've done just about, I've been all over the world and done just about everything. In 22 years, you get a lot of experience, exposure to a lot of different things that way. So that right. probably in a long way, I guess part of the conversation is that it exposed me to things that I probably end up bringing back into this arena as well. Yeah, totally. So yeah, it's about the company. So I was actually working with the army in their modernization arena when our local bowling center was going up for auction it was going to close and ultimately we were trying to figure out how a bunch of our veterans could could generate a, a revenue source that could use to support the post without asking the community for donations all the time right and so that's we were exploring different options uh, at the time and then we heard that the bowling center was going to close and we're like i wonder so we did some investigation in it and i hadn't had any work done in a long time and it was aged and uh, so it was going to need a lot of work but we're like military guys we can pretty much do anything and we had a great group of guys that five of us all together all the services we had long time military guys short timers officer enlisted the skill sets was amazing had people tell us that a board if you're going to have a board for a nonprofit out there look for skill sets and we had it and we didn't have to look at all it was actually really cool but anyway so so how do we do this and we ultimately said hey i guess we we have to form a nonprofit corporation to do it and we bid on the the bowling center after we did that and the we were the only bidder it tells you something i think but it still okay so now you're the owner of a bowling center that's failing what are you going to do right and roofs and lanes and furnaces and all the stuff that you that goes into a, making a bowling center work that we had to work on our there were two stories that we hear all the time that the very first people that walked into the center after we owned it, this little kid leans over to mom and says, mom, it smells funny in here. And we're like, oh boy, we got work to do. And that's when the center had carpet on the walls and oh. our league guys would tell us all the stories about rooster tails throwing balls down the lane because all the water on the lanes from the roof and obviously lots of issues. but. There's, I guess there's bowling centers all over the place with issues. And I guess we'll talk more about that as we go ahead, but that's not really history. I mean, I guess I should say a little bit about why it wasn't just about generating revenue for veteran functions. It's what that means. And we, when we got the bowling center, it, the company that actually owns it is the veterans education training and support. And so all those that's the elements. Nonprofit. 
are part of our nonprofit mission. Oh, we recognized early on that there's, uh, most people have heard about the veteran suicide problem out there. And if you really look at it, we've had state reps in here and U.S. representatives in here and we, that were veterans and we're talking about the situations that veterans face and why those exist. And it all boiled down to is that when the, when people go into military, they, um, they develop into a very tight knit bond from people from all walks of life and all backgrounds and stuff. And yet you're, you have a camaraderie that's kind of unrivaled when you actually put your life on the line for the guy next door. And, and it, when you get out of the military, there's a huge void people don't realize until it's too late, until you're already out. And so you got this void in you and you're back in your community and natural tendency is to isolate. And that's where your veteran suicide rates and a lot of the alcoholism and other kinds of issues that I have had, that military, all the PTSD, all that stuff compounds into it. But what we discovered is that even though the, I guess the military version is, is maybe the problem on steroids is that there are plenty of people in our community that have the similar problems. And so if you think about what do you do with that? The medical community doesn't really know how to address it. It's not clinical in terms of, oh, I can make an appointment or take a pill for it. Right. it what we're discovering is that it's a human interaction issue. And we don't really, those of us aren't social science majors, don't, don't appreciate the people aspect of it, but that's what's going on in the military background. And we, Hey, let's get them in here where they, we can kind of take all those skill sets and figure out how to reapply them in the, in the local community and do the job training and do the socialization and all that stuff. And what better than a bowling center? Right do that it, when it's already open to the public and you get all kinds of walks in life that, that come in here and anybody can bowl, right? So it was just, ah, it just seemed like a good fit. So long story short, we had a nonprofit and that's what we do. We focus on people and I guess that's how we started this, but a huge lesson. And it, we almost like most businesses, we don't make it through the first year or two. Survived on a credit card. It was tough. Every spare dollar that we had was going back into the facility to make it so somebody would be not afraid to walk into it. Right. COVID happened and, and the, the government shut us down. You can't have people together. I'm like, wait a minute. Hey, time out. That, our nonprofit mission is to bring people together. Right. You're saying I can't do my mission. And it really, it was a struggle for us. But coming out of it, what we realized, and I have, I guess, stories on top of stories on top of stories from just community members that would come into our bowling center and say, this is the couple hours that they had in a week that felt normal. That felt yeah. like they could, they would interact with people and have some fun and smile. And I don't, as a nonprofit who's really looking at the people aspect of stuff, I can't overemphasize the significance that COVID happened and all those lockdowns had on all of our communities and us personally. Bowling centers, you've heard 
I've been very busy lately. And we think a lot of that is because of people discovered that they needed people. Right. Um, want to get out. That's right. Uh, it isn't, I mean, bowling is okay. So it's bowling, but it could be Timbuktu. It doesn't matter. It's the bringing people together in an activity that anybody can do, no matter what walk of life or what your background is thing. And it's huge. And uh, so, I mean, those, I mean, they, they people cock in here and they would just cry. It's just wow. that relief from all of that. And through, through that part of the whole COVID part, it connected with the military part. And we realized that really what we're doing here at the bowling centers, even though our mission is explicitly veteran centric, we realized that it is way bigger than just a veteran problem. And that I think collectively our entire society has realized whether governments and corporations and entities that govern us even comprehend it yet. Individually, people know that they need to spend time with people. Right. And they want to uh, connect. yeah, I, we've had such advances in technology and everything. And my kids, they said it and play video games on a computer. And my daughter would tell me all the time, this is, I, I don't need to go see friends. I have the computer. We can do this video chat thing, right? But I'm like, you can't give a hug that way. Right. It's not a the high same. five just doesn't mean the same. Right. Uh, and that's all the stuff that happens here. And I think any bowling center, that that interaction is so important and it's been missing. And yeah. I think COVID highlighted it and people have discovered, rediscovered how important all that community interaction is. And we just happen to be there pushing it anyway. Our facility still has tons of problems. We have so much renovation work to do yet. And it's been five years that we've been in existence. And I don't know, we put a half a million dollars in the building already and it hardly looks like it. But if you were to ask me about what makes us different or what makes us tick, we have a sign out in front of the building that says you have family here. And that's cool. We have, our communities are such that moms and dads are both working. Kids are more often or not that are left alone. There's lots of things to occupy their time, but the interaction of the family is so big. And even 15, 20 years ago, you had all the social groups, the Knights of Columbus and the Eagles. And in the military, we had the VFW and American Legion and all that. All those groups are struggling. They're right. membership-oriented groups. And for whatever reason, and maybe that'll change post-COVID too, but people didn't realize that maybe they needed to be part of something bigger. Right. And, uh, but it's real. And we, when you come to the bowling center and you're a member of a league, you're a member. You're actually part of something. You're part of a team and you're part of a bigger league. And at this center especially, you're part of a much bigger family of the whole center. Right. Uh, and it's, I guess I'm, it's stressed to anybody out there. It's just, I think you look across the community and say, what's out there? Now we're a small community and we don't have a lot of things to do indoors in mm -hmm. the middle of winter. Right. We have bowling and uh, there's, we have a community center. People go play basketball and uh, there's some other 
things. But really, I mean, one of the icons of bowling is it has historically for forever and ever been a center of the community because right. anybody can bowl. Exactly. Uh, Super accessible. Right, right. It doesn't matter where you're from. I have blind people that come here and bowl. I have people that have extremity problems. You know, it's um, prided on ourselves to make sure that we can do that kind of thing. But everybody needs it, and uh, it's yeah. it's so important. I guess I, I just throw it out that way that I think bowling and bowling centers are uniquely positioned that. I don't, nobody's looking for a clinical answer. And most people that I know, they don't think the doctors have an idea how to solve these problems anyway. But you don't really need an appointment to come to a bowling center and right. be part of a league and part of a group. And it's, it's different. It's, we asked our veterans about their counseling and mental health services out there. Yeah, you got to go get an appointment. You got you can't talk to somebody for an hour and it's one person and he's reading out of a textbook. And it's just, you can do a lot of that same stuff at a bowling center. It's amazing. It sounds like you're, you're uh, there for three hours, right? right. I mean, it sounds um, like you're writing a prescription for bowling. Get right. out there and go three games. It, it's funny. Was, okay. Hard to bowl. There's a million things we teach our kids about self-awareness and body control and all that sort of stuff. But you pick up a ball, you throw a ball. I mean, it's, uh, if you want to be good at it, there's a lot to learn, but say hey, anybody can throw a ball. Uh, it's good to knock down a pin. Yeah. There may be some uh, aggressive acts part of that, that may be built into us too. Right. <laughs> You'd be kind of destructive. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, um, like you said, everybody can do it. And I think you really are hitting home on a crucial point about that community aspect that I think is missing today. Historically, it could be something like your church or your membership organization, like you're talking about. And like you said, membership on a lot of those things is down and we see a result of it is that people aren't happiness levels that have dropped. And I really think that you're onto something when you're using that to, to provide that communal aspect. It's like I said, the facility has a lot of work to do yet. And everybody looks and if you ask, if you asked us, you would say, I'd love to shut down for six months and have a million dollars and just make all the improvements and just be done. But you know what? Actually, the community loves the, I don't want to say, ongoing improvements. They right. walk in here every week, every month, and something changed. And they're like, oh, yeah. cool. Hey, this is better. I still care. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. And that right there is a huge point, caring. And Boy, I tell you what, if you're a proprietor and you can train your staff to actually care about the person who's in front of them right there, there is so much out there in the community where they don't get that. Right. You'll be right. way, way ahead of everybody. Because I think get to have fun and be around somebody who actually cares. Right. So, yeah, that's yeah. a potent mix. Right. So let's get a little bit into maybe some of the stuff that's working for you today, maybe outreaching the community or maybe some programs you guys are doing. Tell me a little bit about what you guys seeing work really well for the center. It's funny. I knew you would ask me this kind of question, but we're, we've been living on a shoestring budget. We don't have a lot of extra resources to do a lot of programming. So we pretty much let our customers that walk in here carry our message back out there to them. But the general gist is what we would like to see happen is we have a lot of special needs groups in the community that the 
they integrate it to schools, but out in the, in, I don't know, the public, still not so much yet. And we're trying to bring in both the youth and our special needs members in the community and interact just like everybody else does, but feel welcome here. And they usually come with their caregiver or who's, whoever's with them. But every, they have fun together again. And it's such a highlight of a week, really. I mean, yeah. I, it, maybe that's a sad statement. But on the other mm -hmm. hand, it's, it's wonderful that a bowling center can be that for right. somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, enjoy that community you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's uh, ultimately, I don't know a bowling center who doesn't do fundraisers for nonprofits. And we yeah. happen to be a nonprofit. So right. we, we're nonprofit fundraisers for ourselves, for other nonprofits. But those nonprofits, they all care about the community in one shape or form. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't exist if they weren't. I mean, they're setting the political ones aside, but all your United Ways and your your kids groups and your big brothers and big sisters, all those guys, they care about the community. I, we're hosting a big fundraiser here for the Odyssey of the Mind for one of the schools this weekend. And the, if you're a bowling center and you're not reaching out to the nonprofits, you're probably missing a boat. Um, yeah. That's, What's your, how do you go about reaching out to them? Is that you just call them up, you email, or how do you go about doing that? It's funny. Our local community started with a nonprofit support group, really. So every one of those nonprofits has a different niche and we don't know about each other necessarily, but if somebody has a problem or a need, I may not be able to help, but there's 15 other nonprofits that I know of and they each right. have their, I can point you in their direction. So the more we can know each other amongst the nonprofits, the better we can interact together and make sure that whatever your need, one of us can solve. The veteran community does the same thing. We, doesn't matter what group you're a part of. And yeah. we have our, our local VSO veteran service officer, which is a state rep into all the veteran support and we talk to each other all the time so okay so uh, you, you know they refer you have an you event coordinator certain nonprofits that are looking for to do events they refer they say hey this fundraiser go talk to these guys they can put that Absolutely. on for you that's yep. how it happens mostly yep yeah <laughs> again it's okay we're a little bit different because we're a, a nonprofit bowling sure. center by design but yeah they're they're talking amongst themselves probably you could reach out to any one of them and there's a good chance that they're plugged into the other ones as well. And if you're a bowling center and kind of cares about the community, they probably are not going to resist you welcoming you into that fold because right. you're going to do something for the community. Yeah, I, to every help. bowling center that I know, they give away this, they give away that because they're such integral parts of the community anyway. Right. Just may as well accept that role and embrace it, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. Do you have any specific methods or programs that you do for these fundraisers? Anything you do each time? Are they all custom or how do you come up with these fundraisers with these guys? We're still new to the game in that arena. And there's so many guys out there that do probably a better job that we do of actual fundraising per se. But the, probably the key to that really is what we mentioned earlier. It's, it's genuinely caring about people yeah. and just reaching out to the community anywhere. We, we host 
uh, our community business after hours for the Chamber of Commerce once a year or so. Yeah. Then we get the entire business community over into the center and for an hour or two. And they're not bowling, but they get the idea of what we're all about. And sure. they desperately have needs for team building events and right. corporate outings as well. So it's sometimes you just got to remind them that, hey, you exist. And, mm, and good option. this is your mission. This is your forte. And we right. can, no matter what the group is, we can make it fun for them. And yeah. So I... Like I say, as a nonprofit ourselves, we have a special interest in that. But every bowling center does that. Right. I mean, if you're gonna live, if you're gonna survive in today's world, I think anyway, you have to. Yeah, absolutely, big time. So I wanted to switch to one more section since we're coming up to the top of the hour. Where do you see things going? I guess for the next 12, 18 months or so, both for your center as well as the industry overall. We, as far as our center, we're in the middle of gutting and renovating bathrooms. We hope that we're going to rip the front of the building off and mm. reconstruct it this summer. And then maybe almost move into a phase two where you can kind of do the cosmetic-y stuff of carpet and different things on the walls and stuff. Mm. Uh, that's the physical side. But the more important is we're moving from survival mode into that community engagement mode that businesses kind of go through that, that three to five year time frame and, right. and change. So, I, you know, we have business bowling centers that have been, this particular one is it's coming up on 50 years that mm. has been here. Yeah. Uh, and so 50 years of old that we have to renovate, but most bowling centers are that old. Yeah. So true. if you're, you have to commit to doing renovation work. It, it tells your customer base that you care and that you're taking their interests and what they want to have as a great experience and bringing that back to them. We want to get better at the experience aspect of this. Mm -hmm. From the day you, the minute you walk in to the minute you walk out, these are long memories that it's people true. are generating. And yeah, it's true. if it's just a business, I'm going to come here and I'm going to bowl and I'm going to go. It's not. Yeah, there's but no connection. If you come in here and you interact with people and you have a great time. It, it's more than your expectations. And they're going to take in pictures and all that it really does become something that you remember 50 years from now. Right. And I think that isn't going to change going forward. Is it? If anything, I really think that the lesson for us out of the COVID arena was that that missing element in our lives for the last, since the internet came up, that it is getting worse and worse. They realized that it's really important. And yeah. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. So I think numbers are going to be up. Bowling centers, new bowling centers are popping up. So I think the customer base is there. We just have to create the environment where they want to come to our place and embrace them because they're right. already going to come. Yeah. Yeah. The demand is there. It's just a matter of giving them those, that experience and memories you're talking about. I like that. Very cool. Awesome. But yeah. Could you tell people, I guess, if they want to support the nonprofit or where could they find you or support the, the cause that you guys have if people want to reach yeah, out? Yeah, we, we have veterans education training and support. It's, it's a local nonprofit. We 
are registered. We are a 501c. We have a Facebook page, but primarily we use the Gaylord Bowling Center as our main, I guess, entity. So you could go to the bowlgaylord.com and see our webpage and you can read about us, who we are and what we do. And there's links on there to donate if you wanted. Lord knows we have lots of <laughs> costs to, to, to do that we could use donations for, but anything is, we tell our customers to come in here. It doesn't, everything helps. Walk mm -hmm. in here and buy a burger and you come in here, play in the arcade or go bowling. It's just as good as a donation and maybe sometimes better, but volunteer work. Mm -hmm. I have community service people that come in here and help us out all the time. And cool. uh, it's funny because they come back after they're done with their community service. And uh, like, I just enjoy it here. It's, it's a welcoming place. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's, if you wanted to donate or, or support the veterans, if you have a heart for them, or even if you're just in the community, we're the only bowling center in 45 miles and there's not a lot else to do. So if we go down, the community gets hurt in a big way. Sure, <laughs> so it doesn't us, sound like that's going to happen. But yeah, yeah it's, we're a small town, so it's, uh, we support each other pretty well. But there's big load lists like this are sometimes need outside resources too. Yeah, I, we really appreciate the work that you're doing. I think that's awesome that you're really making the bowling center the integral part of the community again, because that's where it really should be. So thank you again, Tony, for what you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you for mm -hmm. what you do as well. Yeah, likewise. We're here to do the same thing and share with the bowling proprietor community. That's what it's all about. How can we take what's worked for other people in the industry for 50 years? How can we impart those lessons onto others? Hey, speaking of that, my, my parting message is uh, timing-wise, we happened to fall into knowing the auction was going to happen. And there was a state bowling proprietor convention before we even got to buy the auction bowling center, we went to that convention and the bowling proprietor community writ large embraced us, put their arms around us and welcome and anything you need help. We're here to help. I mean, they did help all kinds of advice and expertise and stuff. And it's, it's really special. It is. If you're a polling proprietor and you're not part of your state association, you're probably missing a whole lot of expertise and great advice and things yeah. that you could implement better to make yourself more profitable. We did it and it's, I'm to this day, we probably only exist because of that. Otherwise yeah. we would have failed. <laughs> yeah. It's unlike any other industry I've seen people just willing to share. Most centers are the only center in town. So they're a community. They're not competitors. It's a beautiful right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just definitely be part of that. Cool. Yeah. Thanks again so much for coming on, Tony. This is, this has been a blast. I really appreciate it. All right. It. Look mm -hmm. forward to hearing you from you again. Likewise.